Hello and welcome to the Mindful Men podcast, the show helping men to open up about manhood. My name is Simon Rennie and my aim is to get men talking. From mental health to fatherhood and everything in between, Mindful Men creates a safe space for conversation. Now, before we get into this episode, I want to say a huge thank you for joining me. It means a world for you to join me and talk about men's issues. And if you love what you hear, please subscribe and share the episode with your mates. You can also join the conversation on Instagram and YouTube, and I'd love to connect with you there. But for now, sit back, relax, and let's get mindful. G'day, guys. Welcome to the Mindful Men podcast. My name is Simon Rennie, and I'm the man behind Mindful Men. Today, I've got a very special guest, the very first guest that I've ever had on the Mindful Men podcast, David Day. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, Rennie. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, buddy. Um, and for the listeners out there, I just think it's probably a courtesy to let them know that we've known each other for almost 15 years now, I think it is. And, you know, we met in Canberra as young graduates in the government. Um, it's good to see you, probably too long between drinks. Um, but yeah, so welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, good to catch up and, and, and good to be joining you. I'd like to start off by letting my guests tell a bit about themselves. So in a few words, can you let us know what makes you David Day? Mm. Um, well, I'm probably a um, largely uninteresting character, but um, yeah, boy from the bush out in central New South Wales. I grew up in a small town out near um, a little way from Dubbo in the middle of, middle of nowhere. Grew up on a farm, started out after leaving school, doing a bit of shearing and whatnot. Um, Realised that um, my back wasn't going to be up to a, a life full of shearing. So went away to, to uni and, and did something very different along the lines of English literature and that sort of um, field, which somehow led me to um, starting work in a, in a government department um, in Canberra, which is where I met you, obviously. And um, yeah, I've been in the, in the public service ever since, which I sort of have a love-hate relationship with. There's plenty to, to not like about it, but plenty to like about it as well. And um, I think the work does sort of um, do some good for Australians at large. So I do like it. Um, but yeah, um, that's, that's where I work these days. And I have um, uh, a lovely wife and two, two young kids. Um, a four-month-old and a um, three-and-a-half-year-old who are both um, um, the light of my life, despite the toddler being um, very much a, a challenge at times. But I mean, love being a dad to those two. And I um, love a bit of sport, um, both participating, although not so much these days, but here and there, and also watching. And that's about me, really. Yeah. I want to take it back a bit. So from shearing to English lit at uni. How did that come about? Who knows? I think um, part of it was um, at high school, I, I did sort of like yeah, um, English type type subjects and and the sort of study of, of um, language and, and fiction and, and how it all um, illuminates what's going on in people's heads and, and society and whatnot always interested me even at school. And then, yeah, as I say, actually getting out and spending days on end um, in the sheds was is quite tough physically and I genuinely yeah, had some back issues um, 
very early on and thought um, there's got to be a way I can sort of do something more with the with the mind than the body because the uh, um, mind probably works a bit better um, than the body although neither of them work that well but um, but yeah I think it's something around that was um, keen to do something um, that involved solving problems with your head rather than getting the body out there and, yeah. and not being able to walk in the morning every day yeah and where did you go to uni again um so La Trobe University which um is based in Victoria I did first um few years at Aubrey Wodonga right on the border and then did honours etc in Melbourne itself yeah so what was it like going from a, a boy from the bush in, into inner city Melbourne um difficult actually I was, I was um yeah I was like a loaded weapon type comedian character at some point you wouldn't believe how um naive and, and things I was like I was scared to catch trains at one point because I didn't sort of know how the ticketing system worked, and I'd get all confused and didn't know where I'd end up and all this sort of thing and I thought I could walk everywhere I tried the day I got to Melbourne I thought I'll see how far I am from the city and I'll and I'll um, walk it in. And if anyone knows, um, any of your listeners know Melbourne at all, but the campus is out in Bundura, which is right towards the edge of Melbourne. So um, yeah, six or seven hours later, I arrived in the city and knew I was gonna have to um, overcome my fear of trains to get back because I wasn't doing another six or seven hour walk. <laughs> so yeah, it was the big smoke was like, I was genuinely like a, um, yeah, some sort of cartoon character or something. I had no idea what I was doing and, um, and whatnot, but learned the ropes eventually and, and yeah, ended up being your typical latte, sipping, sushi eating city, city dweller by the end of it all. Nice, nice. I can see you doing that in our grad year. Um, and I noticed you've got your Tigers top on and you yeah. said you're a man of a sport. So tell us a bit about your passion for footy. Yeah, I've always, um, always... Um, followed the the Tigers and in um, the rugby league based on um, my dad took me to to watch a, a trial game that they took out to the bush um, one year and it was the Tigers were playing Dragons I think it was and um, yeah I, I liked the the orange in their jersey and that um, attracted me to them for that reason which um, I'm not sure orange is everyone's colour but um, <laughs> something struck me about it and um, yeah I, I followed them ever since and then they merged with um, the team who my dad followed so um, it was good to sort of share in um, both going for the for the one footy team but um, yeah footy and tennis have probably been the main sport so um, yeah. followed the Tigers but also played a bit of footy myself never very well I was um, hopeless I don't if any of your listeners know league much I was the sort of player where they put put me out on the wing but not because it was fast. It was because, um, yeah, it's, the ball um, rarely goes out that far. So um, they kept me out of trouble by keeping me away out there. And a few times I did get the ball, I'd embarrass the rest of the team by very slowly um, waddling down the wing, not able to outrun anyone. But yeah, uh, but yeah I love playing that. And I love to do love playing tennis as well. So um, Yeah. Are you still playing any play of footy or tennis? Or? No. Um, um, we're going to get back into social tennis this year as a way of introducing our young toddler to the sport because we think we'll um, try and get her involved in in learning 
the game. So do plan to pick that up. But no, these days it's a bit of um, social tennis here and there. Still do a bit of running, um, although less than I used to, and still go to the gym. I've got a, a mate here who's um, also likes to do a bit of boxing training sort of thing. And we're both much older than anyone else who, who does the boxing here. So we sort of go along when the other one does and box along together without all the, the young fellas trying to take our heads off. So, um, <laughs> uh, but that's about it. Yeah. And no, not much competitive sport these days, I must that's admit. Good. That's good. All right. So this is the Mindful Men podcast. Thinking back to the last week, what's been on your mind? What's been taking up space inside your head? Well, as um, as you may know, well, as you would know, with having similar age kids, um, um, it's often hard to sit back and reflect in, in busy day-to-day lives. You, you sort of get up and you're straight away assaulted by youngsters trying to um, get them into clothes and, and breakfast and ready for school and whatnot. So um, just looking after kids takes up a lot of thought and, and, and focus all the time. But I suppose um, um, other than that, we're still where I am working from home and um but we're slowly transitioning back to working from the office so on my mind this week is um achieving that balance of um working from home while looking after kids um who are often at home and keeping things moving along at work which is um very unexciting i know but um um yeah you sort of get lost in the in the chaos of trying to do that i must admit rather than reflecting on on much else it was actually a good response that you've got there because it leads straight into the next questions and the theme for today so what I wanted to talk to you about today was COVID and and parenting through COVID and how that's impacted you over say year one and two and I think what we're in year three now maybe um, and coming out the other end as well so thinking back to when COVID started so so at the end of 2019 start of 2020 what was your first thoughts that, you know, of COVID and did you pay much attention to the news or um, were you keeping an eye on it or just dis- disregarding it? What do you remember from back then? Yeah, good question. It's a uh, um, big question that's central to all our lives um, at the moment. But um, I've always been a news fiend. I'm always um, checking what's happening on my phone and, and um, I'm one of those people who might be like your grandparents or something I like to sit down at six o'clock and watch the news and while everyone else watch wants to watch something more interesting like cartoons or something I'm saying no no, it's time for the news so so yeah definitely paying attention um to the news um um, when it all kicked off and 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 was following it and um yeah it was a a crazy time when we all when it all kicked off I I had a lot of leave um booked in at work I was going to go out and spend some time on my parents' farm because my dad was um, aging a bit at the at the time, and um, I wanted to spend some time with him and that sort of thing. Um, and it coincided with um, right when everyone from our work um, was told to go home and, and and work from home. And so um, then our daycare um, said no, people had to um, take their kids out or, or or these sorts of things. So we took our um, toddler out of daycare and had her at home. And so I couldn't go out to take the leave period that I wanted. And we had our toddler at home. So I spent, um, I had about two months I was taking off, um, spent the first part of that at home here in Canberra, looking after our toddler um, day in, day out, which was um, both 
challenging, like very hard to keep them entertained. And when we couldn't go anywhere, I spent all the time inside the house or, or inside our um, yard. And, um, but also rewarding in getting the time to, to spend with them. Um, in the end, I cut my leave a bit short and went back to went back to work because there wasn't much sense in, in doing anything different because I yeah. couldn't go anywhere or do anything. So I may as well have been logging on and, and doing that. But essentially, yeah, did follow what was going on, did affect me and did um, have that consequence of spending all my time with our toddler, which was hard, but, but good too. Yeah. And what's some of the things that you would use or do to pass the day like and entertain the toddler? Yeah, um, well, that was the, the number one challenge, I think, was um, when you couldn't go down to your local park and couldn't go to the pool when you couldn't do all sorts of things that you might normally do and had to, had to stay um, at home, um, finding something to keep, keep um, Lily organised, occupied, sorry, and, and happy um, was very challenging. And to do it day in, day out, keep it, keep it different was hard to do, but um, it was good in that it helped me learn new skills like they build a little cottage with a slide sort of thing if we're out in the backyard that's gonna um whereas i can't 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 assemble things or build things to save my life but i was forced to by the situation and it was sort of um it was good and the, um it was something to share with with lily to um do that and and yeah there's a few little things like that where we'd um look online for, for something that Lily might like to get her outside and um, not have her in front of the TV all the time. And so, yeah, we've got a few different little things assembled in the backyard and um, had spent a lot of time in the backyard playing um, outdoors things and exploring and learning to garden. I'd never done any gardening much before, although I do recall you and I and um, another housemate at one point trying to grow carrots in a, in a share house, but um, um, that did surprisingly well for the amount of attention they were given. But, um, but other than that, not a gardener, so it was good to, um, yeah, sort of do those sorts of things and, and share them with, with Lily and um, learn a few things myself, to be honest. But yeah. in a nutshell, capture it all. I think trying to stay away from the TV and, yeah. and do some things together um, as much as possible. But, um, yeah, the TV was also useful at times. Yeah. How did you find, like, the COVID news cycle was pretty... In our household, we got to a point where we almost had to turn off the news. Um, we were doing the daily updates and listening to that, but then it just all became too much. So did you have the similar experience in your house or we just kept going through it and listening to all the updates? I did have a similar experience, probably um, uh, that experience on steroids, if you like, in that, um, as I said earlier, I'm a bit of a news fiend and always love keeping up to date with things, but um, I've actually the same where over time I've sort of um, um, looked at the news less and less because um, it's often not good. And um, actually not long after the whole COVID thing kicked off, I was sort of getting a few pangs and, and, and things in my chest. I got a bit worried at one point, um, like everyone else, I put on the COVID kilos and um, a lot of them. And at one, at one point I was sort of concern I might have heart issues or something so I went off to see my GP and turns out I had um, they told me I probably got generalized anxiety and so uh, I had a bit of a, a battle through the um, through the um, 12 months two years two and a half years now of, of COVID with with anxiety so um, 
um, that also contributed to me not wanting to um, be bombarded with bad news um, all the time, day in, day out, because I don't think it would help um, get through um, or deal with anxiety. So, um, yeah, a bit the same as you. I, um, I probably reduced my um, news consumption in, in recent times, but, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I still do. Still do follow the headlines here and there, um, but um, yeah, the news can sometimes, um, when it's constantly not good, um, be something you want to dip out of and, and yeah. look at something positive and, and whatnot at times, particularly when yeah, you've got um, young kids around and you want to have a sort of a um, positive mood in your household, if you like. Um, I think, yeah, not always having the news on can be a good thing. Yeah, and and you said that you you got diagnosed with generalized anxiety. Um, what's some of the things that um, you did to kind of manage that throughout the last couple of years? Well, it's been um, very hard um, to manage, to be honest. It got quite significant. Um, snowballed into a bit of depression at one point. I found it um, quite difficult to even get out of bed at, at yeah. some points. Was um, um, yeah, it's very very down with things. But um, I think. Um, having kids and not and wanting to keep on going for them and and, and not have them um, affected by uh, me feeling bad was um, one thing that sort of um, helped. Listening to my to my doctor and what they suggested and and whatnot was also um, um, worth doing. I think I'm in the past. I'm not. I'm someone who sort of wouldn't even go and see a doctor as a rule. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would have been years before I'd even seen a doctor at one point, but um, um, yeah, I see the the value in listening to them and, and what they say um, now. And then yeah, also they put me on a mental health plan to see a psychologist, so I, I did that, and um, that's something else where normally I'd have no sort of time for that sort of thing. I sort of wouldn't necessarily have believed I. You just get over it yourself. You. Pull your, mm. pull your socks up and just get on with it but then I thought I'll listen to it and see it through and I did that and um, didn't agree with the psychologist on a lot of things and whatnot but they were quite helpful and some of the things they told me have been some of the things they told me to do um, and think about to sort of stay positive and calm down at times and this sort of thing have been really helpful and I'm glad that I didn't dismiss it and, and listened and went along so yeah kids doctor psychologists have all been um the coping mechanisms if you like that have helped me um sort of get through and um yeah i'm a lot better at the moment as you may know they're sort of well as you would know being involved in a sort of mental health sort of um field yourself these things are long term so they don't just solve overnight but um um, yeah certainly a lot in a lot better place today than I was 12 months ago, I think. Yeah, that's good to hear. And thinking back to that that time when you first went and saw the doctor, like, did you feel any fear about talking about what was happening inside your head or it just came out easily for you? What was that experience like? Because I know a lot of guys struggle with this. Absolutely. So um, I think to start with, I didn't necessarily know really that I had a, a big mental thing as I say when I first went to the doctor a sort of physical stuff happening where I thought I'm 
am I having a heart attack or something here? And it was sort of over time and after getting diagnosed with anxiety that I thought, oh, yeah, there is a bit going on in the head um, where um, I think actually my wife is probably the best person to uh, I found to talk to. Um, she's had to deal with me raving on with a lot of um, um, crazy and nervous sort of things at times. So to explain a sort of... Um, health anxiety was a big um, um symptom of mine where i'd yeah. get worried every five minutes if i had a little pain somewhere i thought oh, i must have this horrible disease that i'm about to die from sort of thing and, and you look back and think it was all a bit crazy and whatnot you don't sort of realize at the time but um, um so my wife would have had a rolled her eyes a few times and me coming at her with the next thing i was worried about and then the next thing and the next thing but um yeah you know being patient and um yeah um sort of getting me to talk about things I think I did yeah, talk about things to her at the very least and that was helpful more generally I, I um, yeah I'm probably not the sort of person who would open up to many people around me but yeah I probably probably have one or two close friends where I sort of um, say a few things too um, and that did help but um, yeah I, I am like you say one of those who can be hard for me to sort of talk about things in in great depth and feels a bit I don't know non-manly to sort of go into what you're feeling inside your head and feel like you're being a bit of a drama queen or something but um yeah but when you do I I hope you do find it helpful I think yeah well, I and, have found it helpful and have you found that the more you talk about it with different people the easier it gets or do you still find it hard to talk about you'll find it hard with some people I would say I think sometimes it does depend well, Mostly it depends on, on me. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it depends on the other person too. Like there'd still be close friends I have that I still wouldn't broach any sort of topic of um, um, anxiety or and me having it or anything, at least not in a serious way. Um, whereas though there are other people that um, I do find it easier to talk to and I do talk to them. And yeah, over time, yeah, um, it, it does become easier to tell more about what you're feeling and why and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I think the more you, you do that, the, the better it is partly for getting it off your chest, partly because it's sort of, um, when people can have good ideas to put back at you and that, yeah, um, we well, have you thought about this in relation to your situation. And when they say that it sort of gives you a bit of perspective you might not have had that, um, can often be helpful. Yeah, and I think you had touched on a really good point before around how it might not be very manly to, to open up about some of these things. And, you know, we grew up in a generation where we, we where people didn't talk about this type of stuff. It was more suck it up, you know, you're, you're, a, you're a bloke, you can't cry, you can't feel these things. So I think the fact that you've both struggling with that and that might have held you back and then also committed to, committed to the cause and getting better for your kids and your family and, and yourself, I think. You know, hats off to you because it is a very hard thing for guys to do so um, i'm glad that you've done it and that, and that you keep doing it as well absolutely um, but yeah highly encourage people to to talk um, um when when you think things are going on in your head um because very rarely do people around you think that you are being a, a drama queen or whatever and um, um you'll find that well, at least I've found that, as I say, other people can give you um, new things to think about and just saying it to them 
just saying what you're feeling to people itself feels um, unburdening and, and um, um, helpful. So yeah, yeah I, I think it's a good thing where you can do it. But mm -hmm. I, I do acknowledge that yes, it's harder for different people at times, um, and it can take some work to 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 do it in the first place. Yeah, definitely. Now thinking about the last say twelve months, you've been going through that that you know the internal struggle as well. Um, Australia's been border lockdowns all over the place from state lines, and um, you know you live in a little pocket of the ACT, and then just over the border is New South Wales, which is where home is for you. How how long did it take to get back to the farm, or did you know your extended family and friends? You know what was those kind of impacts like for you? Yeah, so we were impacted definitely. Um, I think it probably had something to do with my anxiety. And I think there are a few things that um, together sort of kicked off my anxiety in the first place, but I think the border closures and, and whatnot was, um, was one of them. Um, so we had, my dad I mentioned was um, not, in, not in great health back when it all kicked off. And he um, was moved into hospital full time around the time of when the lockdowns and whatnot started happening in March, 2020. And um, so it affected me greatly in that I, um, firstly, it was hard to um, um, go and see him, um, aside from the border, being in a hospital, um, while the, the rules and things constantly changed, um, often the case was that I couldn't go at all, or um, I couldn't go for very long um, if I did. And so um, dementia was one of the things that, um, not the main thing that he was um, suffering from. And at one point, even my mother wasn't allowed to go and see him. He always hated hospital um, and the idea of him living in one without anyone able to go and see him, um, including me, was, was very difficult. And then there was the fact of COVID too, that we sort of had to think um, if by some chance I do have it and I um, go out there and give it to him, it's like, then that's not good. So it was sort of... Um, so hard to weigh up that um, what's the right thing to do and of the very little I can do in terms of being able to see him, um, how do I get to do it and, and these sorts of things. So yeah, they played out my mind. And then um, we had a funeral on my wife's side of the family to um, for a very close family member of hers, which completely came out of the blue. Um, and um, like many others, we couldn't go to the funeral when we were on the yeah. phone arguing and pleading and all sorts of things with Queensland Health trying to um, get some sort of exemption and being denied that without really being listened to, we felt. So um, we didn't get there in the end. And so, yeah, we, we went through a few things like, like many people did. And yes, it certainly did um, affect us like it did yeah. many people. Yeah. And you've found since the borders have been opening up now, we've got the vaccination rates up up now and the opening borders and even they're starting to open international borders that you've you know been able to get back home or um, are you still, or you still, some people are actually getting more anxious about going back out and, and staying home, preferring to stay home and so forth. So how has opening up affected you and the family? It really hasn't affected us that much, to be honest, in that we are one of those that you mentioned, we're sort of, probably don't go out as much, um, more so my wife, who's um, yeah, very um, unwilling to, to get COVID, although we'll probably all, all get it in the end. And, and she knows that as well as anyone, but um, yeah, she's, she likes, she'd prefer to be home um, unless she has to be. And the fact that we've got a four month old um, and we 
prefer to obviously not have him um, um, get sick if it's at all possible. So um, um, those things mean that, um, yeah, we are sort of one of those um, households where we do tend to stay home a bit and we haven't travelled much even to, to New South Wales. But um, we have um, travelled um, here and there, um, including to um, Queensland once, um, up to Brisbane. So, yeah, it's been good that we have finally been able to, to see people. But, um, yeah, we sort of um, still do stick around at home um, quite a bit. Um, but as I say, part, that's partly to do with having a four-month-old and, and the difficulties in, yeah. in moving them around much, I think, um, as they get a, a few months more behind their belt, we will start traveling a little bit more, but um, possibly not as much as we would have three or four years ago. Yeah, and I think having young children is particularly difficult because, you know, we're seeing, you know, five-year-olds can now get the vaccination. Um, but for the under fives, I've got one now who's just turned five and one who's two. Um, I'm constantly thinking, do we get them vaccinated or... When's their turn to get vaccinated? What happens if we inadvertently bring it home and then they're not vaccinated? And, you know, particularly our youngest one, she's got a lot of respiratory issues. You know, do we end up spending time in hospital and so forth? It's a bit scary for us. And, you know, opening up again and, and we've, you know, going back to work, maybe back to the office. What's those kinds of things feeling for you and, and trying to protect your family? Oh, you're 100% right. I think um, um, young kids particularly, as you say, with your um, younger girl, um, where um, they're not sort of vaccinating um, that age group yet or anything, it's, it's hard to know um, um, what to do um, or, or what not to do. So we sort of um, comfort ourselves with the knowledge, if you like, that um, generally um, young kids have been pretty good in um, not getting really sick, as I understand it, for the most part with COVID. Um, so, so just having some confidence that um, kids are resilient little things and worst comes to worst and they did get sick. Hopefully they'd be more okay than me or you in, in getting over it potentially. While also balancing that with, yeah, um, being cautious and not going to Woolies at the busiest time of the day if we can help it um, sort of thing. And wearing our masks where we're told to, and you know, I know that's a contentious thing, but um, <laughs> um, we are we're sort of happy for people to um, do whatever um, um, they think is right. But um, yeah, we tend to, if we're told to wear a mask, we'll wear it. If we're told to stand away from someone, we'll do it. Um, just to sort of do the best we can to keep um, our young kids, uh, more so than ourselves, I think, um, safe and, and, and healthy. But yeah, more generally, I think I'm not so quite so worried about opening up. I'm going to have to wear a I'm going to have to go back into the office for March and probably going to have to wear a mask inside. And although I say, um, yeah, we sort of listen to the health bodies and whatnot and do that when we're told, I really don't want to be spending all day, um, every day wearing a mask. So I'm really hoping the restrictions are eased on that and we don't have to do it, to be honest, um, yeah. because I'm not sure how I'm going to get into that. But um, beyond that, I think we're relatively comfortable and at ease with things um, opening back up but um, yeah being cautious and and not being silly or, or, or getting right back into doing things that we once would have straight away um, yep. if that makes sense yeah 
you know, given opening up and trying to get to a, a new normal or whatever the new normal is these days, like, has there been anything from COVID that you've taken away from for, for you yourself as a, as a bloke or as a family man, as a positive thing that you're, you're going to keep doing moving forward or has COVID changed you in any way that you think? It gave me the anxiety and that definitely changed me and, and some things to think about. But beyond that, maybe not um, directly what you're asking about, but I think it has changed. Well, you're, you're always going to value time with your young kids, obviously, um, above just about anything else in life. But I think spending more time at home um, with, um, with my kids and with um, Lily in particular, who's been around through throughout the, the COVID period, it sort of really awoken me, if you like, to, to just how little time we have in a day um, when you're racing them off to daycare or, or something like that. Just how little time we have in a given day to spend with them. It's, it's glimpses here and there when you first get up and then you, um, when they get home, but then you're racing them off to bed when they get home. So the opportunity um, COVID's given to spend a bit more time has actually been um, a good thing. And I think it's sort of awoken me to um, now that I've seen what a day looks like where I'm spending all of it with Lily versus what a day looks like um, when she's at daycare and I'm at work and we're doing after our school activities or whatever's happening. Um, it's given me a new appreciation for making, making use of, of every bit of time you have with your kids, I think, because um, I know it's an old cliche that you probably see plenty of Facebook memes and things about how little time you have with your kids before they grow old but it, it I think it is a, a true thing that um, you should stand back and reflect on from time to time and really cherish um, that time you do have and, and make the most of it don't just sit them in front of the tv and yeah so you can go do something on the computer or something but actually they love it when you sit down and, and look them in the eye and play with them and and um, be silly and and make building blocks that they can knock down and, and, and do that sort of stuff is um, if you really invest in it, make the, make the most of it, it's a, a really good thing. And I think, yeah, it's probably the COVID era has sort of awoken me to that, even if it's a pretty simple thing that everyone's probably um, aware of anyway, because everyone wants to spend time with their kids. But yeah, it really has um, um, uh, made me aware of that even more so I think yeah I think you touched on a really good point there because like traditionally before COVID uh, traditionally mums would have the a year off or, or six months off or three months off whatever they could afford to do and dads would have two weeks off maybe four weeks if we're lucky um, before we're back at work and, and not really get to spend those quality daytime with them with the kids and the wife but I remember when COVID first hit for us and our family, we had just uh, the December before. So when COVID was actually just starting, we had our little daughter and um, my wife had all these grand plans of what she was going to do for the year, all these mummy daughter dates and mums groups and none of that happened. But what happened was I got to spend so much more time because, you know, I was still working through COVID and but working from home, but being able to just duck out of the office and have a good cuddle for a little while was just an amazing thing. And as you said, playing outside more and exploring our garden and, and doing things around the house was a unique time that we'll never get again um, unless the next pandemic happens. <laughs> um, but, um, but it's just, I think it's an amazing thing for dads particularly to, to, to be able to share in that time. And 
and even though my wife struggled through that, you know, she she got um, you know struggled mentally through through the COVID lockdowns and and that particularly that first year, she's now been able to start going out with the daughter and and doing some of those mummy daughter things now, um, as a as a two year old as opposed to a brand new bub. So um, yeah, you really hit hit something there around dads being more available in that first year and and you're you're doing it right now again, um, you know in a slightly hybrid version of what we experienced a couple of years ago. So that sounds great. Yeah. Um, also sort of extending that point of yours um, about the, the dads having more exposure. I think um, potentially for us dads, certainly in my case at least, it does um, sort of really give you that appreciation for um, how hard um, mums work too, because um, without wanting to sound all, all cliched again or anything, but um, yeah, it is such hard work to be every second of the day and um, often of the night as well, keeping them entertained or occupied and away from harm and, and, and doing what needs to be done. It's like a 24 seven hard yakka that um, really, yeah, you do get that. If you didn't already have the appreciation for it, you do sort of, um, really get it um, when you're exposed to it yourself oh definitely yeah and being home for that first year lockdown um definitely get to see that firsthand you know we used to go to work and kind of forget about it for eight hours a day and then come home and and do our little shift but seeing that firsthand and you can probably hear mine going off right now <laughs> in the next room if you can't uh, but yeah seeing it firsthand certainly a new appreciation for what mums do or, you know, stay-at-home dads, you know, as well. There are stay-at-home dads that do it as well. Um, but stay-at-home yep. parents, what they do, um, is just amazing. So hats off to them. And as hard a work as um, um, you'll find, as I say, spent a bit of time in the shearing sheds and that. And, um, yeah, you, people think they work hard out there, which they, they certainly do. Yeah. But yeah. Um, if you've got an idea that um, staying-at-home parenting is, is something that would be a lot easier, that's just as hard, um, I can tell you, having having spent time in both environments. Yeah. So thinking about the last couple of years and your, your mental health journey and you know, your family and, and, you know, all those types of things that we've talked about, what's one thing that you take away or offer advice for the listeners out there to be mindful of moving in the next 12 months coming out of COVID? Is there something that you could recommend that they, they keep their minds on or, or do differently just from your own experience? Possibly nothing um, groundbreaking or revolutionary or anything, but I think sort of um, reiterating a couple of things we've, we've spoken about, I think your reference to the sort of news cycle is a good one about, I think, occasionally stepping back from all the bombardment of, of stuff you get um, um, from news can be a positive thing. And I'm not saying don't ever listen to the news or, or don't believe it or, or whatever. It's certainly not saying anything like that. Just... Um, take some time to step back and um, enjoy what's going on in your life that's good, whether whether it be your kids or if you don't have kids, whether it be whoever you live with or, or whether it be a sport you're involved in or a hobby you're involved in, um, just take some time to, to do that or, or, or spend some time with whoever and um, really savour savor that and, and, yeah. and make use of it. And then if you want to step back into listening to the news later on that day, do so. And then, um, yeah, the only other thing would be, um, again, reiterating something we spoke about, sort of that talking to people where you don't have to um, go all Dawson's Creek 
with everyone around you and, and open up and, and and say everything you feel to every person you come across. But if there's something on your mind, um, um, maybe give some thought to who's someone you'd be comfortable saying or talking to about that, whether it's about the whole thing or, or one part of it or, or something related to it or whatever. But um, just have a think, is there someone I'd be a bit comfortable to and to talk to about it and give some thought to, to talking about it because um, as cliched as it is and as simple as it is, um, talking really does help and you'll um, both feel better and often learn things from, from other people. Even if it's just you talk to some practical old aunt or something who says, oh, don't be so silly. Um, have you thought about this? Um, it can be what they're asking you to think about. It can be a, oh yeah, actually, um, that's a good way of looking at it. And now that you've yeah. um, said that, it can sort of really change the the way you go about your day-to-day -day life for the for the better so yeah so yeah those two things step back from all the bad news occasionally and um talk about it if you've got something on your mind and um, um you can pick someone out who you might be comfortable to to talk to it about yeah with. some great points there mate thanks for sharing those i completely agree um it's been really good to catch up again mate it's been way too long between drinks but before i let you go um this is a this is the point of the podcast where i let guests you know plug plug whatever so you know whether or not you've got a something that you're doing on social media or you're you're running a business or even if it's plugging something that you're watching on tv or a, a good book that you're reading at the moment or some good music or a good podcast for example um what's something that you can plug away so that the listeners can get some either insight into you or insight into what you're, you're watching or listening to or reading yeah, I wasn't expecting that to be honest. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to flog a soft drink or a, or a <laughs> chocolate bar or something. Certainly nothing like that, I suppose. Um, I'm sure all your listeners are aware of Ozark because it's a, a great show on Netflix. But if you're not, if you haven't seen that, check that out. I'm watching that and that's um, got me hooked. Yeah. Otherwise, um, occasionally dabble in a bit of short story writing. I've got a story that was published in magazine mind food january edition so um yeah have a flick through that and, and check it out if you get the chance but yeah i'm not i'm not savvy uh, savvy enough businessman to have much to flog to be honest um watch some so, good netflix is about all i've got that sounds good i'm watching those arc as well it's great show so wonderful well thanks for your time today mate it's been great catching up and um yes, thank you all the best with going back to work in the office i think we're going back to work at the same time and in about five minutes, I'm going to duck out because my uh, two-year-old is tearing down a wall right now. I can hear them <laughs> screaming, um, but it's been wonderful to catch up and thanks for your time today. Not a worry, it really is. Thanks, Rennie. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode and I hope you got some value from it. If anything triggered your mental health today, please reach out to your support networks. Also, if you loved what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your mates. For more from Mindful Men, you can check us out on Instagram and YouTube, and I'll throw the links to these pages in the show notes below. But until next time, stay mindful.